Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Brendan Bradford, uh, hopefully with us on the panel this morning, and uh, Aidan McLaughlin, uh, I can always rely on Aidan to be uh, available on the end of his phone, which is uh, great. Aidan, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy, and morning to Brendan as well. Yeah, what are we uh, looking like? Uh, we're about 15 minutes away from uh, the toss at Hagley Oval this morning. They tell me um, through the grapevine, they're pretty good bowling conditions. Uh, what are you expecting out of this test match, Aidan? Uh, a lot of people saying we deal to Sri Lanka. I'm not sure about that. No, I'm not too sure about that either. I mean, uh, in terms of selection, I would imagine that Will Young will probably make way for Blair Tickner. Um, uh, you know, I feel a bit sorry for Will Young, to be honest with you. He's been on the sidelines for a while. He had a little bit of up-and-down form with the Black Caps a couple of years ago. Um, and then he sat there waiting for his chance. Didn't take it. Uh, when they decided to change the structure of the team um, and add that extra batter. But I think, uh, yeah, for me, you, you bring Blair Tickner back in, uh, so you've got that extra seamer. Um, Willie, uh, uh, Willie Nichols. <laughs> Henry Nichols has done enough to, to stay in for now, I think, for another test. So that'll be the change. But no, I think, you know, Sri Lanka, we mustn't underestimate them. I mean, um, they are still in with a chance, uh, an outside chance of making the World Test Championship here. Um, they've got to win the Series 2-0 and they've got to wait for India... Uh, the India result against Australia. I think if India win that, then Sri Lanka are definitely out that last test. But they are not to be underestimated. Um, and I think, whereas they've come to New Zealand in the past, and you have commentated on them many times here, and they've uh, been blown away, <laughs> literally, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 not, it's not going to... Um, it's not going to be that easy for New Zealand this time because the, the, they're in good form, the batters are there, um, I just don't think it's going to be that easy at all for for the New Zealanders. What would you do with the bowling lineup? Would, would you, as you say, you'd bring Tickner in as opposed to Kugelin, and you'd stick with Michael Bracewell. Yeah, I th- well, I th- yeah, I would stick with Michael Bracewell because they they do need that spin option. Um, <laughs> we've talked about it before. I don't necessarily think that a part time spinner is the right option, but that's the way they've chosen to go. Um, and I would bring Tickner in. I think Tickner showed more. Uh, in that, that that first test against England than Scott Kugeline did. Um, and I think he's just got a little bit more pace about him. And I think he, although they both improved as that test match against England went on, um, on the debuts, I, I just think Tickner improved that a little bit more. Uh, and he's been in the environment for a lot longer than Kugeline as well. So I just think he, he's the go-to if you're going to bring in that extra, that extra seamer. All right, uh, let's um, look at the, the Highlanders and uh, Clark Dermody being forced to rest. Billy Harmon, due to an All Blacks resting policy, well, Billy Harmon, of course, was brought into the squad um, on the Northern Tour last year, but not used, did not play, um, so still has to sit out a game. Don't quite get that. Don't get it either. I understand you have, uh, you have guidelines, you have rules... Um, you need to look after your players, but in this case, it seems uh, over the top. It seems silly, and I really feel sorry for the Highlanders, to be honest with you, because 
um, they are the ones that are suffering from this lack of flexibility. You know, he was called into that squad in October uh, as an injury replacement, but then he just he didn't play. So he's he's had the benefit of being in the environment. He'll have learnt a lot over those three or four weeks. That's great for his development. But in terms of physical exertion, um, it was uh, confined to the training park. So, so for him to be, you know, grouped with the others on that tour just seems very silly to me. Um, and we've got to, remember, you know, I guess it's good for him that he's obviously thought to be still in the reckoning for the All Blacks this year in the World Cup year. But equally, you've got to look at the other options available. Um, you know, you've got <laughs> Sam Kane, Papa Lee, Adi Savia, Blackadder, Jacobson. There's plenty of options there, um, and, and I'm not being disrespectful. I hope he has a great season. I hope he, he gets in the mix, but uh, he's down the pecking order. We have to be honest about that. He is down the pecking order. He's also the Highlanders' captain, and uh, in a game where, well, they're 0 for 2, and uh, 0 for 2 quite convincingly at that, um, they really do um, need their leadership together, and so he and Fokatava will not play against the Chiefs this weekend, which is, to me... Uh, almost riding off their chances. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I guess, you know, the, the Highlanders do have um, a choice to make. They know they have to admit them sometime and they do have their own choice to make about when they think that is best to do. Um, but, yeah, Fakatava again, to me, he's missed so much rugby um, over the last couple of seasons with injuries. Um, and then I think he could do with being, being out there and playing a bit more rugby. Um, it just seems that the the guidelines or the rules are just too um, too inflexible. I think you have to talk to these uh, these outfits um, on a case by case basis and have some good open dialogue and understand how they've been looking in in the opening games of the season. Understand how they've been going in. Uh, pre-season and training and I think you just have to have good open conversations and say okay um, thanks for letting us know how that player is getting on at the moment let's let's make a little change here and um, make an exception I guess you, then you could argue you open up a can of worms because the other the other teams and the other coaches say well, well what about us but I think as long as you've got um, an ability to be open-minded across all the super rugby teams um, I think you, you just got to work at it, haven't you? You got to you got to put the time in. You got to just speak to everyone and just everyone get on the, on the same page and just try and work it out. Artie Sevilla's one week ban, um, which won't be one of his break games, just by the by. Apparently, don't understand that either. But however, um, he gets a one week ban. And what did you make of that? Now that uh, the punishment has been handed down. Well, yeah, I did, to go back to your first point, I did hear that it wasn't going to be his break week. Um, and I guess for a long time now, we have looked at examples where people have got bands and they've managed to manufacture the bands that they, so that they, that they don't miss as much rugby as we, as we expect them to. So credit to the Hurricanes for not taking the easy option out on that respect. Um, I think a one-match ban was the minimum he could have... Um, hoped for really um, I think it's a sensible conclusion to the matter he's been punished um, he's got his yellow card and of course uh, you know added with this warning for this particular piece of conduct it, it amounts to effectively a red card um, he was I, th I think the thing about it was he realised immediately 
um, that he was wrong. And I do believe he realised that. Yes, you could you could be cynical and you could say, look, you know, the Hurricanes have obviously tapped him on the shoulder straight away and said, look, you've got to come out, you've got to apologise. But I think we all have seen enough of Adi Savia over the years to believe that he is genuinely sorry for what he's done. And he came out quickly, he came out very clearly, um, and I think that has also helped his case at the judiciary. So I think... One game, um, yes, I, th- I think that's fair enough when all said and done. So, that kind of thing, um, do you think that, that is a harsh enough message? Do you, do you think, though, you know, for, for that kind of gesture? Um, because we haven't really seen that before, have we? It was just a one off. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in a rugby field that we don't hear about. Um, you know, we do have um, referees mic'd up, etc. But Quite a lot of that stuff we miss, of course. So there's a lot of stuff uh, said and threatened and all that sort of thing, I'd imagine, with grown men in a physical battle like they are. But when it becomes so openly seen um, and it's that kind of gesture, um, is that a, what, what you regard as, as a rarity? Um, I, I think it is a rarity. Um, I think, yeah, if, if we gave out warnings for words, well, there'd be no one playing with this. So... Um, or, or actions in the front row of a scrum, you know, we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have a game of rugby. So, um, but I think, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as you know, over the last 10, 15 years, you know, you've been heavily involved in TV coverage of rugby. The amount of um, camera angles that we all have now, we all have access to and that producers have access to. It's amazing that it, this is such a rare event. And I guess it was... The issue as well was that it was the actual gesture, wasn't it? It was, it was a pretty blatant gesture. Um, you know, we're not expecting him to have obviously, you know, carried forward on that type of action um, after the game. Of course not. But but equally, he did make it, and it was it was pretty blatant what he what he did. So I think it did need punishing because you can't, you know, p- kids watch that sort of stuff, um, and you you have to punish um, that sort of stuff. As I say, I think. Had he not come out very quickly and said, um, you know, how sorry he was uh, and that it was the wrong thing to do, I think we potentially could have been looking at a big, bigger punishment of the judiciary. But um, the fact that he's, he's, he's topped it on the chin, um, I, I think that's, uh, that's, you know, really what, what's limited it to, to a warning here. And I think, I think what's important is that his message does get out and he does, we do hear from him that um, this was the wrong thing to do. I should not have done this. You know, no one should be doing this. So as long as that message gets out there that young kids and other players can, can listen to, then I, I think we're, we're, the balance is okay here. Brendan Bradford has been sitting patiently uh, on the phone. Brendan, uh, thank you very much for that. Um, what has the reaction been? Uh, of course, it was an involving um, an, an Australian side uh, and the Rebels. So what, what has been the reaction Australia-wise to uh, the Adi Savia affair, we'll call it? Yeah, it's, it's actually been quite interesting. It, it's it's taken on a sort of a life larger than just Adi Savia, and he's sort of become, a, uh, I guess, an example for the entire All Blacks and a little bit of that sort of Wallabies versus All Blacks uh, rivalry over over the years, and a lot of people wanting to see him, you know, rubbed out for three weeks, four weeks, and even longer, just because he's, you know, not just Adi Savia, but he's he's an All Black, and um, you know, there's people sort of talking about, you know, Richie McCaw got away with all sorts over a ten year period, so 
uh, let's sort of punish Adi. Um, but I think that uh, that's just spot on. Uh, uh, what I was hearing earlier is, you know, he he sort of realised. Uh, it seems like he realised while he was sitting in the in the sin bin at, and at half time that he was sort of in the wrong. And um, you know, his post match um, interview he sort of apologised and, and owned up to it. Um, I, I think, yeah, like his his track record um, over the years of being, um, you know, pretty, you know, a, a pretty good good player and, and a good guy and, and things like that, and his his some of his uh, off field sort of things, and um, yeah, he was very contrite straight after afterwards and apologised, and um, yeah, I, I, th- I think they've I think they've got it right about about a week is is probably probably fair, um, but yeah, there has been a, a, quite the reaction over in Australia. It's also been a bit of reaction to. The, the lack of crowds um, at some of the matches uh, in Melbourne. Do you think it's, um, it's something that will be ongoing? Do you think they'll look at it uh, because of that, Brendan? At some point, they have to. I mean, I, I, I'm not quite sure of the you know, the length of the contract. If, the, if there's you know, if it's four or five years that they've signed a deal with um, to to take you know Super Round to Melbourne, but um, I, I think it's clear that there's just not the appetite for it. Um, you know, it, it was the perfect weekend for it. There was, you know, the AFL hasn't started. Um, the Melbourne Storm weren't playing down there. There was nothing else on sports-wise. And, and still, the only crowds that show up, are, uh, you know, expat Kiwis, uh, Fijian fans. There's just not that local um, local groundswell of support for rugby union down in Melbourne. There's probably only you can probably really only hold that in, in Sydney or Brisbane in Australia, and even then I think there's a shelf life of a couple of years. We've seen that with plenty of other um, events like this, like the you know this, I think the sevens here um, it works in Sydney for a couple of years, then people fade away. Even the 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 rugby league the the nines, you know you can do it for th- maybe three years and you need to freshen it up and move it around so i hope in the next couple of years they they take it away from melbourne because um it doesn't feel like it's ever really going to catch on there okay right uh, we've got brendan bradford uh who's uh, based in australia of course aiden mclaughlin based in uh, hawks bay aiden uh news coming through scott barrett sticking with new zealand rugby through to the end of 2025 People texting in actually and uh, suggesting perhaps that uh, Razor's had a word to him and said, "You'll be my All Black captain if that's the case." <laughs> Not sure it's Razor's decision yet, is it, Smithy? Um, <laughs> but um, but that said, I think if uh, actually I think whoever gets the All Blacks job, to be fair, um, the the head coach job that is, I I think Scott Barrett would be a leading candidate anyway, regardless of who gets the job, whether it's. It's Razor, whether it's Jamie Joseph or whether it's Joe Schmidt or someone else we can't think of right now. But, um, you know, he's 29 years of age. Um, he's played, I think, the best part of 60 test matches. And when you think about who is already confirmed to be going offshore at the end of this, this World Cup, um, I think he's going to probably be in the, in the top uh, couple of candidates anyway. I'm not quite sure what Sam Kane's plans are. Um, I guess we'll find out about that in the next sort of five to six months. But... Um, but yeah, he'd have to be uh, right up there in a way, and I think it, you know it's good that finally um, there is someone that's actually com- committing to New Zealand rugby for another couple of years. Um, I guess we'll just see what he does when he, he gets to twenty twenty five. I think he'll be thirty one then. Maybe that'll be his time to go offshore and uh, rest the body a bit and make a bit of money. Interesting. Uh, 
Women's rugby now, and uh, Niall Guthrie, of course, uh, Niall Guthrie was uh, Niall Williams, so Sonny Bill's sister, set to uh, quit the Black Ferns Sevens for an NRLW contract with the Gold Coast Titans. Brendan, this is uh, an interesting one because, um, you know, the, seven, uh, the Black Ferns Sevens are a hugely successful, high-profile side, um, but obviously this is a financial thing. And um, and it's not the first one either. So Niall Guthrie goes to uh, the, the Gold Coast Titans. If, um, any reaction to that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I I, um, I, I you know I hadn't given it so too much thought, but I would have thought the uh, you know the, in terms of the the pay there, I thought I would have thought the, the sevens might have um, competed um, with with NRLW. But um, yeah, I mean, it, good good for her. It's. Um, or, yeah, sort of following, I guess, following in the footsteps of of Sunnyville a little bit in the in the code hopping thing. And um, look, the the NRLW is it's it's back, and you know they're expanding as well over the next year or two. Um, and it's it's they're they're really making big strides. Although it's it's been a tough sort of couple of months um, over the past couple of months with um, pay negotiations and CBA deals and things like that, but. Um, they'll they'll get through this eventually, and and the the competition going forward over the next five to ten years and into the future is 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 really so much potential there. Um, I suppose from a, a, another perspective as well, though, is a little bit disappointing. She uh, wasn't able to play for the Warriors, um, planning to to have a team back in the comp. I think that's not for another couple of years, so she probably wants to get. Um, get a career started in, in rugby league but um yeah it's it's good move it's it's and it's good great move for the for the titans as well great move for the nrlw um just gonna gonna create a lot of a lot of um you know headlines publicity and exposure um for the league as well and, and for the titans so um yeah really exciting to to see how she goes actually Right, we've got uh, Brendan Bradford with us um, out of Australia, Aidan McLaughlin uh, with us as well. 